You're listening to a DM podcast. Welcome back to Beyond the Likes. I am here with a very special gentleman. His name is Hugh Porter. And um, he's doing like God's work, basically. Mm. You are <laughs> you that? are helping women all <laughs> over Sydney. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Thanks for having That's me. Good, on. thank you so much for coming in. Um, it's nice that you only live 15 minutes away. You didn't have to bit of a trekking. <laughs> sit in uh, long ass traffic all morning. But Hugh, um, you are a obstetrician, correct? Yep. As well as a gynecologist. Yeah, both. Yeah. So I um I did a little research last night. I went on your page and I I wasn't a sure. I actually thought that you just delivered babies. Sure. But is that normal that most obstetricians obstetricians um, are also gynecologists? Is like when you study, do you study the whole? Yeah. So it's a dual training thing. You can't do one without the other. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There is talk down the track potentially of them splitting, and it, it's more common these days that. Um, some of the doctors coming out will focus just on gynecology or just on obstetrics. That is yeah. like, you know, 20 years ago, everyone did everything. Yes. Uh, but now as, as the technology improves and people know more about things, you know, there's they're, they're bigger fields. So people will focus a little bit. But um, and I and I tend to gravitate to obstetrics much more than gynecology. Yes. I, I love the obstetrics. Um, yep. But we all train in all of it, basically. Yeah, unreal. And I just I thought it would be really interesting to get uh, Hugh on because it's a really important question. Like when you fall pregnant or even before you you fall pregnant the number one question you usually have is do I go public or do I get a private obstetrician and I thought it would be really interesting to get you on because obviously you've just opened up your own private clinic Mm -hmm. um, and I have done the opposite so I had three babies in the public health care system awesome (laughs) yeah and I'm a huge advocate for the public health care system only because I can obviously only speak to my own personal um, experiences but I had such a fantastic time in the public health system but it came about because Ryan and I fell pregnant very early in uh, to our relationship and I didn't have pregnancy cover on my private health insurance and so I had no other option but to go through the public health system. Had I done things in a more traditional way you know we probably would have got married first um, and then I would have popped pregnancy cover onto my private health insurance and I would have got an obstetrician and I would have done it that way because that's how my mum and dad did it and that's how you know people older than me had done it previously so it was interesting going through the public health system it was my only option and it was fantastic a lot of people don't realize that you get just as exceptional care in the public health system as Mm. you do Mm. in the private and you also even though you've got your own private clinic you also work in a public hospital too right that's exactly right yeah so I guess the thing that people need to know is that we all train through the public system so it doesn't matter if you find an obstetrician gynecologist anywhere Mm. they spent the majority of their training in the public system so that's where we learn that's where we so and and we then most people then give back to that system as well so if you do go through the public system the person who's going to be looking at looking after you at the end of the day is someone who's graduated done all their things and is probably working in private okay so the public system has the public doctors that work there but a lot of them are what we call vmos um, visiting medical officers 
nurses that actually are working in private practice yeah. that come and do shifts and things like that anyway. So the care is very, very good. If you want to stay in the public system, you can stay as what we call a staff specialist. So uh-huh. some people will work their entire career. They'll, they'll um, uh, get educated through the, the public system and then work as a staff specialist for the rest of their career and never do private medicine. Yep. Um, and then some people will, as soon as they finish, you know, say, see you later and just do private medicine. And then some people do a bit of both. And I think the, the bit of both is definitely the model that I'm doing at the moment. And yep. I think that's what the majority of obstetricians do because it means that you can give back to the system yeah. that trained you, which is really important. Yeah. Um, and you can therefore also train the people that are coming through in the same way that you were trained, which is quite nice. What made you want to become an obstetrician? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, well, I wasn't always a doctor. Um, okay. Yeah. So what were you before? I what did, did you... my undergraduate degree was in civil engineering and physics. Oh, wow. Yeah. So okay. I did that uh, for about five years. Um, and then I didn't really want to work very much after that. So I took a little bit of time off. Um, did a few. Had a gap year? Yeah, well, uh, a couple of gap years. Did a few <laughs> yeah, ski nice. seasons in America. Beautiful. Um, and I actually went and worked as a flying trapeze artist for almost a year. What? Yeah, didn't so that did a few funny things like that before I actually sort of knuckled down and did some work. <laughs> uh, lived in the Whit Sundays. Yeah. So wow. Yeah, but that then, must have been terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Huh. But then I went, I went back and worked as an engineer for a couple of years uh, as a civil engineer. Okay. And didn't like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> From the day I started, did it for a full two years, didn't like it at all. It's not for you. And then went back to medical school. So, and I was sure when I went back to medical school that I was going to be an orthopedic surgeon, which is a bone doctor. Yeah. I was always into sport and mechanics and engineering and you know bones and joints and all that kind of stuff and uh, not long into my medical um, uh, student uh, time I sort of realized that I was more gravitated towards obstetrics I did a rotation in it um, actually in uh, in Werribee in Melbourne in third year so we we did a year in in Melbourne Mm. and um, the very first my first shift in obstetrics uh, was was really fun I started at eight o'clock in the morning and there was a, a patient having an induction of labor and I was sort of just a you know bright-eyed, bushy-tailed medical student, and I was like, "Great, I'm gonna I'm gonna see a baby born today." And it was just this most massively long, drawn-out, protracted labour. Mm. And this poor girl was in labour all day, and I was like, "Is this normal?" You know, nothing was happening all day. And it got to about 10 p.m. that night, and was still in labour. And I was there. I'm like, "I'm gonna see a baby born today." <laughs> And the consultant doctor, which is what I am now, had, had gone home. You know, at six pm, call me when the baby's He's like, coming. See ya. Call me <laughs> yeah. when the baby's coming home. And so, at about one o'clock in the morning, finally, she was you know ready to have a baby. Just this marathon effort. And I was there, and I was just you know just like amazed. It's an amazing thing. And I yeah. was just there, and and you know he, he got his gloves on, and, and the baby was sort of coming out, and uh, and he said to me, right, well you've been here since you know eight o'clock this morning. You haven't left. You better you better catch this baby. And I was just like, oh my god, like, this oh is amazing. God. Like so, I went over and. And when I get nervous, I get really sweaty palms. <laughs> so I'm there trying to pull on these gloves, gloves yeah. and I quite literally couldn't get them on. They were so wet and sticky. I just couldn't get them on. And the baby, he just ended up catching the baby and I didn't get, didn't get the oh, catch. I thought you were going to say you dropped the baby no, I, couldn't, I couldn't get the gloves on. I missed. I completely missed it. Oh, so, no. yeah, but, but, that so whole, but, but the whole thing was just so incredible. And then I was like, this is what I want to do. This oh, is awesome. that yeah. is so So, unreal. yeah, and I just never looked back from there. And it's, it's funny because I think because I've done a few other things in the past – Anytime I'm like, you know, what am I doing? I'm like, well, this is just so much better than anything I've done before. I just love it. Yeah. It's like a job that you like, it gives you purpose and yeah. you're really passionate about it. I, um, I always say to my husband, eventually when my 
little ones are grown up. I, I mean, I'm not smart enough to be a doctor, but I would, there is something about um, pregnancy and birth and and then, you know, aftercare. And I, I don't know how, but I would love to be a part of a woman's journey. Mm. And I'd love to be like her support partner, kind of like a doula. Yeah. I, I feel like that would give me purpose because yeah. I just, I, I would really, really enjoy that because I know what a journey it is and how, you know, scary sometimes and nerve wracking it can be and having the right person as a support mm. there for you makes all of the difference. Absolutely. And that's kind of what you do as an obstetrician, right? Like you are there from the start to the end. Yeah. So I guess that's one of the benefits of say private medicine is that you get this yeah. continuity of care with the patient. Yep. So, and that's something I am really enjoying about what I'm doing now is yeah. that, uh, and one of the differences probably between public and private is that I get to meet the person for the first time at say eight weeks yep. and then see them every single appointment all the way to the end and really get to know them, which is really nice. So yep. in the public system, a little bit different because <coughs> you get looked after by someone qualified every time, but yes. you don't necessarily know who that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in this case, you know, I know them. So I know the partner's name. I know their name. I know what their birth preferences are i know whether they want to really push for that normal birth or whether they're yep. a bit scared and they think maybe i want to do something else you know you sort of you get that which is really nice but being there for that entire journey is, is fantastic so and so what happens in like when you do go to, uh through a private obstetrician do you have like i i can only speak on my experiences but we i went through like a midwifery group in the public mm-hmm. health system and so there was um about four different midwives that i saw some of them were so young some of them I was like I could like I you I I could have birthed you like 17 years ago very young I would see one of them one of the four of them every Mm. time I went in from my appointment and more often than not one I couldn't tell you which one it was but one of them each time would be the one that was there during my birth Mm -hmm. so that was at Royal Women's I had the midwifery group at Sutherland I just saw any random mm-hmm. midwife. Yep. And the lady who actually helped me with my birth with my second son, I'd never met her before. And she was like, she was an absolute ball breaker. She was a bit older <laughs> I love that. and she was really firm with me. And yeah. it's exactly what I needed because I'd had such a not a not a great experience with mm. my th- first. I'd had the 30 hours of labor mm. and I was terrified Mm -hmm. and they were like you you're fine come back tomorrow and I was like I want to come in now um and then I anyway long story short hadn't had a great experience with my first so when the second one I was like I want the epidural in my spine before I've even started having contraction right and this midwife her name was Karen lol and (laughs) I said and I was getting induced with my son and I said I want I want an epidural now she goes listen You've got this. You know what to do. This is not your first rodeo. You know what to do. Why don't you just do a bit of labouring first? Mm. We'll pump up the juice. Soon as you get, soon as you want to tap out, epidural's coming your way. And she said, otherwise you're going to be here for like hours and hours and hours. Like mm. we can get your baby here, you know, in a six to eight hours or something like that if you do a little bit of labouring. And I was like, okay, Karen, okay. <laughs> got this. Um, I got this. And I don't know what she did. I reckon she's rammed up the juice to full ball <laughs> and I gave birth in 90 minutes. Oh, wow. And by the time I tapped oh, wow. out, I was like, Karen! <laughs> and she was like, okay, I'm just going to lower you down. I was like, I've got to push. And then uh, he was here. Yeah, no epidural. So she's a bit sneaky, no epidural. <laughs> but it was, it, was, it was a euphoric birth. I wow. had the best time ever. Awesome. Third time, uh, I mean, I don't know, even know how we've segued into my birth stories here, but <laughs> third time I basically wanted to uh, replicate my second birth. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't want to do any drugs because yep. it was fantastic. 
um, but he was a huge baby. Right. Uh, and I got induced with him because of how big he mm. was. And he had like a 39-centimetre head, um, which kind of was just bobbing down there because <laughs> his umbilical cord was also wrapped around his yeah. neck like three times. So mm. anyway, that was not a, not a pleasant mm. experience. But I have always wondered, you know, you always hear about these stories of obstetricians missing the birth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Firstly, have you ever missed a birth? Uh, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> not yet, but it will happen. Yeah, of oh, course. It's, it's funny you say that, actually. I always say to a patient, if your obstetrician misses your birth, yeah. it's the best case scenario. Yeah. It just means everything's gone well and gone quickly. Yes. You know, it's, the, it's what you need your private obstetrician for or your obstetrician in general yeah. is when things aren't going well and the That's baby right. won't come out. So yes. if, you're, if you're in the lucky group where you just go in and have a baby, we've got such amazing midwives. Like in every hospital I've worked at in, in Australia, yep. the midwives here are just phenomenal. And you say there's young ones and old ones and everything, and there is, there's a total mix, yeah, but they're all really amazing. Is. And at the end of the day, that's what they do. They're, they're there for the entire labour. They see you from the start when, when you come in in labour to when you have your baby. And best case scenario to my mind is just a beautiful natural birth yeah. and the doctors somehow managed to be in the other room, right? Yes. Um, actually, my, my dad was an obstetrician before, oh, before me and cool. he said to me that the best thing you can do as an obstetrician is to walk into the room and sit on your hands <laughs> and do nothing at all because it's all normal, it's all natural. And that's I guess that's what we've got to try and remember at the end of the day and probably going back to what you said before about why did I do it? Medicine is typically, like most of medicine is pathology. Most of it's bad yeah. things, you know. My wife's a cancer specialist. Oh, um, wow. and she So she's a medical oncologist and she yep. deals day in, day out with diagnosing and breaking bad news and things like that. You know, and we, and we talk about it, you know. She has to tell someone they've got stage four cancer. Oh, and I'm God. like, here, have this beautiful baby. I know. You're <laughs> like, like, and I'm like, this is amazing. You know, yeah, like, who wow. Doesn't want Opposite that ends. Who doesn't want that job? Yeah. Um, so, look, yeah, sometimes obstetricians miss birth. Um, but that's okay. <laughs> What private hospital did you work out of? So I'm at a few. Uh, I do the MARTA, yep. uh, Royal North Shore Private, yep. and uh, Northern Beaches Hospitals. That's a public hospital, uh, right? Uh, the Beaches is public-private, yep. so it's owned by HealthScope, um, okay. and I do public and private work at Northern Beaches. Okay, And cool. at, the, um, at North Shore Public Hospital, I work there as a staff specialist as well. Gotcha. Yeah. So a lady's say she, you've, you've, you've worked, not worked with her, but like you've been with her up until she's about to give birth and her waters break, mm-hmm. and she goes into the hospital. Yep. Do they, does she, would she call you straight away or do the, does she just turn up and the midwives manage it and then you get a call at the 11th hour? <laughs> I, I'd love, it's just interesting to know yeah, how it, it works. It is. And for someone who didn't go through the that's process, right. that's yeah. right. So you're kind of curious what, what you didn't yes. see. Um, look, it, it's very different. Actually, it's quite operator dependent. So so okay. who you choose for your obstetrician will, will dictate kind of how it works. Yes. And people, I think, gravitate towards an obstetrician that suits them in a way. So, mm-hmm. you know, people, the typical way to find out who you're going to see as a private obstetrician is to ask your friends, right? And yeah. so, and your friends will tell you very quickly whether they liked their obstetrician or they didn't. And yes. mo- so most people will go to an obstetrician that one of their friends has yep. seen, right? It's very rare that people will go and Google it or, you know, everything. And these days there is more sort of online sort of, you know, re- um, suggestions and things. But at the end of the day, it's, it's recommendations. Yes. So by going to someone, you know, who your friend has seen, you get an idea of what kind of person that's going to be. And therefore, typically, you know, you'll be in tune when it, when it comes to that point. Now, some obstetricians are very hands-off and, you know, just call me when it's time to walk in yep. and hopefully put the gloves on and, yeah, uh, and yeah. catch the 
baby. Um, and some will give their uh, mobile telephone numbers to their patients right from the start. So I'm one of those. I, I give my patients my mobile number right from the from the very start of the pregnancy mm-hmm. and say, call me if you've got any issues. Yeah. Um, and therefore, and it, then it also then comes down to the patients a little bit as well. So we don't need to know that you've just turned up, uh, you know, and, and you've got, uh, you may, might have broken your orders, you might not. I mean, I always like to know as soon as my patients come in, yeah. in labour, definitely. And, mm-hmm. and I would then try and see the patient straight away or yeah. as soon as I can get there if I you know I'll, I'll pop down it's particularly easy if the patient's delivering in the hospital where I'm consulting because I can you know of run course, downstairs yeah. and say hi <laughs> sometimes if the patient's on the other end of town so if yeah. I'm at say northern beaches and then someone's at North Shore private or vice versa um, then I'll try and pop over at some stage to say hello but at the end of the day it is a it's a group care model even the private system is a group care model yep. because you're looked after by a midwife for the majority of the actual labor itself yeah. um, which is really nice so you've got that continuity and then the, the doctor the obstetrician is there to basically come and go as needed and and that's a similar model to what works in the in the public system whereby as you would know you would have a midwife Mm -hmm. there is a a training doctor as opposed to a consultant who's sort of probably sitting in the office um, and is there for if the midwife has any concerns about what's going on say slow progress or they're worried about baby's heartbeat something on those lines they would then call that person to come and review and they kind of make an assessment and then in the public system you've also got the consultant who's sitting in a different office waiting to be told the registrar needs some help so yeah it's funny because a lot of the obstetricians in the Shire, none of which I used, um, Mm. I... I've spoken to girlfriends. Most of my girlfriends in the mm. Shire have obviously used obstetricians. And it's funny you hear about them. I won't I won't say their names. But like there's certain – I think quite a lot of them are quite older. Mm-hmm. And like so, someone will be like, oh, he's really good because like he'll induce you if you want the baby out earlier. Okay. And he's really good but like he's got no bedside manner. Um, a lot of them tend to not have – like personalities, which is sure. so it's really nice to okay, hear from good. you because you're very in, um, entertaining and easy to talk to. Mm. And so it would be nice to have somebody who does appear to be super caring and whatnot. Yeah. Um, well, I, it's funny you say that though, because I think like every patient's different. And this is yeah. what, so I get patients ring me all the time. The most common thing we get is someone ring the rooms and say, can I get your fee schedule? So that's the way people introduce themselves. Can I, can we get, can we see your fees? That kind of thing. And they quite often will, will ring around to a few different obstetricians. Yeah. So I like to call patients when I, yep. when they first, and just introduce myself and have a bit of a chat straight really? off the bat. I feel um, like that's a very smart move by you. Yeah. Well, it just means that I, I get to know them straight away. You can, and in five minutes, you can get a very quick idea of whether this is someone you, that you're yes. going to work well with and vice versa. And people often say like, people will ask me you know why should I come see you or why should I see this and or I've actually been asked you know hey I'm tossing up between you and and another doctor for example like and and I'm very pitch yourself well no but I'm complimentary of my my peers because I think for a start like we all train together it's a it's a small fraternity anyway of of obstetricians things but at the end of the day, I don't think there's really many bad obstetricians out there. I just yeah. think we're all very different. Yeah, of course. So the best thing you can know, do is what I tell my prospective patients mm-hmm. is like if you're trying to decide, what I recommend is actually go and either call or meet a couple of different obstetricians and get it and get an idea of who you're going to work with. Because some people like the terrible bedside manner, matter of fact, do this, mm. you know, the Karen, the midwife, you're having, yeah, you're having yeah, no yeah, epidural yeah. for you kind of yes. thing. And some people like the really touchy-feely, we'll mm. talk about everything, the appointment will go for two hours and we'll never quite get an answer. Yeah, you know? yeah. and, and there's everything in between. So I think, yep. it's, I think it's really important to find someone you gel with. And I don't think there's anything like bad system. It's just what works for you. So, you yeah. know, there might be some obstetricians might specialise in really highly anxious patients or really, you know, yes. all different things. And that it does self-select into those groups. And yeah. probably, by the way, we find our obstetrician in the first place. Yeah, that's 
that's unreal. Yeah. Mm. Do you find that um, by giving your number out, you sometimes get bombarded with questions, texts? Yeah, everyone. That probably every, would have been me. Everyone asks that. That's right, exactly. Um, no, look, the vast majority of people, to be honest, mm. I very rarely hear from them. So they've got. I mean, people have a lot of different ways to contact mm. their healthcare provider, right? So we've got an email, for example, and if it's something like I just need a prescription or something, they'll send an email. Yeah. Um, it's very rare that someone thinks something is urgent enough to, to text or call. But yep. we are, as obstetricians, literally on call 24-7. I'm used to taking calls at 1am to say, oh hey, can you come and do a cesarean section now? And yeah, you kind of wow. just you just kind of wake up and get out of bed. It's funny because I can't – so I've got two kids. I've got a two-and-a-half-year-old and now a three-month-old. And my two-and-a-half-year-old will come in in the morning, like this morning. He will come in and, and just start grabbing me and yanking at me, going, get out of bed. And I'm like, you know, half asleep. It'll take me 10 minutes to wake up because I'm just not there He's yet. so tired. But if my phone rings and someone says, I need you to come do a cesarean right now, it's like it's a totally different thing. I can just like I'm, I'm, I'm awake, I'm up, and I'm doing it. And that probably comes from so like where I trained at Westmead Hospital, yeah. uh, we did six months of straight night shifts in one go, right? Which is pretty six pretty months heavy. Of yes, night week, shifts. week on week off for a full six months. Wow. Yeah, and it's like that is an intense place to work. It is a busy, yeah. busy. It's the busiest birth unit in New South Wales. Something yeah. like six thousand births a year. And you know you'd be doing something and your phone would ring and you'd be running to something else back and forward, back and forward. Um, you know six cesarean sections in one night kind of thing. Like really kind of. Crazy stuff, and but there, you know, you'd be asleep and the phone would ring, and you just have to jump up and run and deliver a baby, and then quickly get another ten minutes sleep, and you know, so so you do get used to that thing. So yeah, so my phone will ring like with a patient. I mean, no one really calls me overnight, which is nice. That's nice. And after after twenty weeks, when when yep. things are a bit further on, we often encourage patients to call their birthing unit, for example, yeah. um, which are staffed by <clears throat> midwives twenty four seven. So yes. you know, if you've got a little bit of bleeding or baby's not moving as much or anything like that, there are trained midwives there to take calls all the time. So no. One really takes advantage of the phone system, to my experience. But you know, I think it's quite nice to have that contact with your patients. So, yeah, nice. Yeah. And so, do you offer? Because obviously, vaginal births, and then you've mm. got cesareans, and you don't offer like water births, do you? So, <laughs> uh, I you got a bathtub in your clinic. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we deliver in obviously not in the clinic. So where we consult. <laughs> so we're not we're not delivering yeah. any babies there. Hopefully, so yeah. far, so far it hasn't happened. Touch wood, yep. Yeah. Although I have had a patient recently collapse with a ruptured ectopic in my in my room, which oh was a bit scary gosh, for everybody. That's terrifying. Um, but yeah, so the patients will hopefully be having their babies in the birthing yes. unit, and uh, and that one is actually very hospital dependent. So yeah. I'm sort of trained. We're all trained to do any kind of birth okay yep. some people have preferences definitely some obstetricians will be will do a lot more seizures than others some will do a yes. lot more instrumentals than others you know some are very very down the other end of the spectrum and will get you a natural birth no matter what yeah. not always the best plan but you know so yeah. th there is all number of things um but to be honest a lot of those things like water births um the other one is uh, maternal assisted cesarean sections i don't know if you maternal know, assistant where mum helps deliver babies oh pull ones. it up so, yeah so we scrub with mum and mum I'll come back to that. Yeah, but so wow, Yeah, no. so, so those kinds of things, they are often um, hospital-based. So some yes. hospitals will say you can do that and some yeah. you can't because there are, you know, there can be complicating factors. Say a water birth, you know, suddenly you start bleeding or, or you course. you know, you pass out or something, we've yeah. got to get you out of the bed. There needs to be a hoist. It's That's all right. that OHS kind of yeah. stuff as well. So, yeah, look, I, I have – the good thing is I have these chats with patients when they come in yep. and we can talk about their birth preferences and plans, usually find somewhere for them to deliver if that's the preference they've yep. got and have being at a few different hospitals is very good for me because we have, you know, they're all they've all got their strengths, which is great, and you can kind of shuffle things around to make it work. Yeah. Do you find a lot of patients coming in asking for cesareans? Because I know that is quite mm. that's pretty much one of the number. I mean, there's lots of differences, but I do know that going with a 
obstetrician, private obstetrician, mm. that is the one thing that you can ask for over <laughs> being in the public health system, yeah. right? Like, so if I've got some girlfriends of mine, I've got a, a girlfriend of mine who did loads and loads of years of IVF and whatever, and she, in her head, she was just like, mm. I, I can't. I can't even envision myself giving birth. Naturally, I just, I want to book in for a cesarean. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I reckon you could do it. But anyway, she she went specifically to an obstetrician for that reason. Yep. Yeah. Is that quite common? It's relatively common. Yeah, Yeah. it is. Um, And look, um, people have all sorts of motivations for how they want to, deliver their baby mm-hmm. and one of the the nice things as a private obstetrician when you when you can offer all of it yeah then really it just comes down to what does your patient want to do and, yeah. and why so i i get quite frequently i probably had two or three patients last week come in sit down and say let's book the season now you know, <laughs> yeah, eight, i'm eight yeah, weeks yeah. pregnant let's book yeah. the season now kind of thing and and i'm like sure i mean that's that if that's what you want no problems mm-hmm. but i always like to try and just tease out a little bit of like why that is because yeah. sometimes it comes down to a, like a, a fear or an insecurity or something that they don't even know we can manage, you know? So yeah. like a common one is pain, right? So yeah. people will be terrified. I mean, it sounds terrifying having a baby, right? <laughs> like, come on. It doesn't, uh, yeah, yeah exactly. it doesn't tickle. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so and but they may not know that, you know, we have so many you good options for pain relief. Yeah. But there's everything. There's, you know, sterile water injections, there's gas, there's, I mean, my wife had both the, our babies, normal vaginal deliveries with a, with a TENS machine. She did just, yeah. a, you know, these electric pads on her back kind of yeah. thing. And then there's, you know, morphine, epidurals, all sorts mm-hmm. of things. So, if someone comes to me with a particular reason why they do it, I'm never going to say, no, that's, you know, that's yeah. not the right reason. But, you know, if we can sort of manage that as well, then maybe that might, you know, that might be it or it might be that their mother had a certain experience or their friend had a certain experience or whatever it is. The other, I guess, the common one that I get with the vaginal birth is not wanting to um, do any damage to the vagina. Yeah. That's, that's quite yeah. a, a common yeah. reason as well. But that also includes things down the track like yes. um, prolapse and things like that, yeah. right? And urinary incontinence, which yeah. we know cesarean section is a protective measure for yep. that for at least a few years after the birth until you know, down the track when it ends up actually being about the same yeah um, but yeah so i like to find out what it is the reason and then put sure if you want to have a cesarean section like it's it's entirely up what to do you, you yeah. enjoy most do you enjoy um vaginal births or oh, cesarean i've actually i've never really thought about that they're very different yeah um, the the surgeon in me likes like a cesarean section yeah. because it's you know using your hands and it's and it's surgery and all those things that's that's kind of cool but like a beautiful normal vaginal delivery where you know i'm just kind of hovering in the corner and and the lights are down and there's little flickering candles and there's a nice playlist on like and you know bub comes straight out on a mum's chest yeah. and you know the cord's still pulsating it's amazing. Like that, yeah. that is incredible. So, oh, so they, so yeah. And, and to me, like the, the best birth is the one where, where mum is happy with the outcome yes. really. And a happy, healthy baby generally ensures that. Yeah. Um, but to that point too, I mean, unfortunately, the funny thing about obstetrics is, and I guess why you have and need doctors at the end of the day is that it is an unpredictable Absolutely. specialty, right? Like mm. anything can happen in childbirth yep. and you can have a, a birth plan that's 10 pages long and laminated and, and, you know, you come in and right from the get go, you just start crossing them off from there. <laughs> You know, every and then we just like you know it, it makes your heart sink because you're I, like I know you you don't want this but I like know. but it's, it's changing sometimes that baby will do what that baby wants to do or your pelvis will do what your pelvis wants to do and you can't avoid it so the most important thing with like 
with any specialty is just communication. It's just helping someone understand where you're up to because you're not just springing on a cesarean section on someone or of an course. instrumental delivery or episiotomy and these words that are getting a lot of traction on social media where, yeah. you know, induction, episiotomy, they're scary words getting a lot of traction. And uh, you're not sort of just, that's not just coming out of the blue and like, I'm going to do it right now kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's talking about how did we get to this place and then debriefing and things like that afterwards. Yeah. And I've I've had patients that had this beautiful birth and everything went well and they just didn't seem to get there in terms of their happiness surrounding their birth. And people who had like for want of a better word, a terrible birth. Like a whole everything went downhill the whole way and ended up with a bad tear or a you yeah. know, a baby that ended up in the nursery that came back or whatever. And they're over the moon because yeah. they felt like someone was holding their hand the whole way along. Yes. And that that person can be and like you went back to doulas and things before, like it, it's such a team sport. Yeah. We've got, you know, like birth people like doulas we've got partners that are so important the midwife that's so important the, mm-hmm. the doctor i just say to my patients like i'm just one piece in the puzzle you know and, yeah. and the more of those pieces you have the more supported you are the, the you know the better it's going to go yeah that's yeah. so true the more i th- that's right i think a lot of a, a girlfriend of mine who's incredibly anxious she had a doula as well as an obstetrician and then she had like a support friend who and they just kind of held her through the whole mm. pregnancy and at the birth and she, yeah. like it was just the best experience yeah. for her yeah. ever. There's a lot of really good research into that that, yeah. that says if you actually, like if you have a strong team around you, yeah. you're aligned and everything goes well, you will have a better outcome, right? Like, And you can't predict for the time. If your baby gets stuck, your baby gets stuck. No amount of, of you know cheerleaders Prep, in the corner yeah. doing these <laughs> yeah, yeah, ones yeah. is going to get the baby out, right? That's it's right. stuck. So, But at the end of the day, like having that positive attitude and, mm. and the people around you aligned with you is, is really important. And do you, uh, if I was delivering babies all the time i'd be expect i'd be expecting like phone calls inviting me over for barbecues afterwards like i'd be so attached do you get to see the babies afterwards you do like do, does the obstetrician do the six-week checkup or yeah, anything like week. that do you get to see them again so this is a real bugbear with my wife yeah she's like that first six weeks after your baby is so hard. Like yes. you are breastfeeding, bleeding, like you're sleep deprived. It's basically horrible. But generally by about the six week mark, it's just the, for the first time, you're just starting to feel on top of it. You know, Coming baby's certainly air. down. You're like, I'm yeah. feeling pretty good. Yeah. And that's when your obstetrician calls you back in and says, how is everything? And you're like, if you don't ask me a week ago, yeah. where, have you know, where have you been the last <laughs> six weeks? Um, so, yeah, so we do see the patients again at the six week mark, uh, okay. which is really nice because really by that nice. stage, you know, yeah. mum's all together and everything's great and here's your beautiful baby and all that kind of stuff which I'm sure historically why it is six weeks Um, but so I guess one of the things I'm trying to instill in my practice at the moment is trying to incorporate a little more aftercare in that first six weeks because I think that's really important Um, so we're working really hard in my practice to to get that part of it um, managed as well because I think there's often there's a little bit of oh okay we've had your baby and look yep, we're, we're obstetricians yeah. like we know everything about catching a baby and nothing about how to, to manage it they like, <laughs> yeah. you know, pediatrician yeah. you take it now you know you're yeah. a baby doctor um, and one of my colleagues for example when she had her uh, baby as she was an obstetrician and she had a baby and she got really quite uh, depressed afterwards mm. because she spent a couple of days on the ward at the hospital where she works and no one was coming into the room. Everyone just kind of assumed that because she was an obstetrician and a doctor yeah, and all this, she knew what she was doing. She had absolutely no idea how to breastfeed and hold a baby and do all these yeah. things. The first baby and stuff, you know, it's literally. So, you know, that, that kind of stuff is really important to know that there's, there is a specialist for everything, but that six weeks is important. Yeah. I think it is so interesting and I love hearing how passionate you are about <laughs> what it is that you do. If I was to ever have a fourth kid, which I'm not because my <laughs> hubby's been neutered now, I would love to experience, I guess, a journey with an obstetrician. Mm. Just 
as a comparative, I sure. guess, because I have had, you know, the public health journey and whatnot and also fantastic experiences there. Yeah. Um, but it would be so nice and I would I would come and see you. Oh, well, that's very I would. I mean, you're say. quite <laughs> far away, but it, it's you're probably the first obstetrician that I've ever come across that mm. seems to have a really nice bedside manner. Yeah. And you're quite young. Like, you seem really young. <laughs> Not as young. I'm, I know. <laughs> well, I'm just heard, hearing about your trapeze artist yeah, work yeah, and right, all the exactly. other things that you've done. Um, but I think it's fantastic what you're doing and I'll, I'll make sure that we put down all of your um, Instagram handles and all of the places oh, yeah, that you thanks. work. So if anyone is listening and you're in the Northern Beaches or you're in Sydney and you're about to have a baby or are thinking about having a baby, um, you can give Hugh a call. Sure. He'll call you back. And, and I, I, I really should put in a plug after all this. that Please like, do. Go for the public hospital system because yes. I think at the end of the day, like people like yourself who probably would have gone private if, if you'd have yeah. been able to organise and manage. And, and that's, you know, and that, that happens so frequently. I had a really close friend of our family actually rang me just the other day and said exactly the same thing, yeah. of course. Fell pregnant, have an upgraded insurance, what yep. should I do, what model of care? And, like, I can hand on heart say, having worked the vast majority of my career in the public system, yeah. that you are in such good – Australian healthcare is amazing. We are so fortunate in this country yep. to have, number one, it's free, which is incredible, exactly. like what you get. Yep. Number two, you you've got like incredible training for these doctors. Like the doctors that are coming through are, you know, they're working themselves ragged, but they are really bloody good. Yep. The midwives are incredible. Yep. And it is like, it is a safe, happy place to have a baby in the public system. And we've got fantastic models of care. There's, as you said, like there's GP shared care. You can see a yep. GP for some of it. There's midwife care. There's the midwifery group practice where you get continuity. Yep. There's all sorts of models. There is a model out there for everyone. So if you're worried about going through the public system. No, or, don't be. Yeah, don't be. Like, or you, you know, haven't got insurance and stuff in line. It's honestly, the public system is amazing. You're very, very lucky. And it's doctors like myself and all these other private doctors that are actually, you know, the ones sitting in yeah. the office when you're having your baby at the end of the day. And so. it's funny because in my last two pregnancies, I had some complications and the obstetrician that my girlfriend was seeing privately mm. is the obstetrician that but I got to got, see in the public health yeah. system, yeah. right? Yeah. I got to see him multiple <laughs> times throughout both births yeah. because of the complications. Um, because, yeah, he did the share. Well, mm. he did. He worked at both hospitals. Well, ironically, the probably the more complicated your pregnancy is, the more likely you are to get consultant level right. input because if everything's low risk you won't see you'll just might even right. see a registrar whereas <laughs> yeah. if you've got a couple of problems then you know that the senior person's going to want to be involved in your case yeah. yeah well listen i could keep talking to you forever <laughs> no, i will say you also do gynecology yep. is that right mm-hmm. i actually lived overseas in the uk for three years when i was um mid-20s mm-hmm. and i actually had a uh bad pap smear and I came back and I had the um, HPV virus and Mm. I was sin one Mm. and they were like, you're going to have to have a surgery, blah, 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 blah. And I said, I'm going to go back to Australia just because the public health system in Australia is so good. Um, And I came back and my mum and dad were like, that's fine. We've got private health insurance. We'll get you covered. But I ended up going and um, by the time I got back, I had SIN 3. Right. So I ended up having what's called a LETS procedure. Mm-hmm. Do you do them? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But my gynecologist, um, she also delivered babies. I don't think she's working now. She was quite old when she sure. – when I had her uh, – when I had my procedure done. But she n- – was just like an angel sent from heaven in what was quite a scary, um, unfamiliar territory Mm. for me. She was so incredible and she put my mind at ease and the surgery was really straightforward and then her follow-up care afterwards was fantastic and I I speak so highly of her. Her name was Jane Hargood. 
I don't know. I just, I take my hat off to you guys yeah. because you, what I had was not the greatest thing. Sure. Um, but you get, you're, even in your line of work, you're, you're delivering babies and you're also saving people from, you know, really nasty other things that could eventuate into, you know, cancer and mm. all that kind of stuff. So I do think it's really incredible what you do. Thanks for saying Yeah. That. <laughs> no, nice I think it's fantastic. Yeah. I wish that I had a job that was somewhat more fulfilling in that sense. And, no, you know, look, you're but doing honestly, I've got to say what you're doing advocating for all this stuff is really good too. Because yeah. I think it's really nice to spread these kind of messages to people to let, you know, people, people often doom and gloom. I always think, you know, public people love to go online and, and, you know, say bad things about things. You know, that's what people, people don't love to go on and say no, how no, amazing yeah. their experience was. So by being able to spread the word, like in, in this forum, like, you know, we don't get the opportunity to meet someone like yourself to get this kind of word out to say, yeah. hey, you're in really good hands in the public yeah. system and that kind of stuff, which is really nice. So you, you're doing a fantastic oh, job well, too. Thank you. you My work is done then. My last question. Sure. How do you unwind after a somewhat challenging day? Uh, that's a good question. Is it? Uh, yeah. You're careful. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's tough. It can be tough. And depending on what happens. So, like, for example, last week working at one of the big tertiary hospitals, we we delivered a uh, baby that was only just over 23 weeks, oh, uh, you know, which is pretty full on. Like that's, and you go home and it does. Did it, it does. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it, it does take a while to decompress from things like yeah, that. So, while Whilst I sort of bang on about how amazing my specialty is and how lovely it is to hand people babies and things, the, the, the flip side of that in obstetrics is that sadly every now and then, and it's very rare, but if something bad goes you know, happens or something goes wrong, it's, you know, I mean, it's terrible, right? Yeah. So I'm very lucky. As I said, my wife um, is a doctor as well. She's a medical oncologist. So if there's, there's no better person in the whole world to come home to and yeah, say I, I had a bad say, day to, yeah. than to her because it's nice to be able to pass that back every now and then. Yeah. Um, but I'm, a, I'm an outdoorsy person and a sporty person. So yeah, I think cool. for me, you know, it's going for a run, going for a ride on my bike um, or, you know, just sort of on some Netflix and just yeah, try to yeah. zonk Spending out for a little. Yeah, that's family. right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah nice. Mm. All right. Well, we'll um, put all your details in the show notes, and right. people can contact you and share the love and spread the word about Hugh Porter and your <laughs> clinic is called Sydney Babies. Sydney Babies. Yeah. That's yes. Right. All right. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me on. And um, good luck with the next, you know, couple of babies that you deliver. There you go. Forever, right? Oh, forever. forever. For as long as you're delivering babies. Yeah. There you go. All right. Amazing. All right, guys. I will um, love you and leave you, <laughs> and I will chat with you next week. All right. Bye for now. Mwah.